again. That's coming on quick, hasn't it? Hello and welcome to Liquor and Lyrics, your new third favourite podcast. This is, of course, the weekly show where we get together, uh, separate homes, of course, we're not that into each other, have a few drinks and dig deep into a song that's popular despite having some lyrics that are bad, weird or just plain shit. But before we go down whatever road we end up going down, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Nick, and with me as ever, it's a man with the drinks cabinet of Lemmy, but thankfully not that, like, weird, that weird boil thing that he had on his face. I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel really, like, really bad if that's, like, a cancer thing or something. Anyway, forget cancer. It's my friend Dan. Hello, Dan. How are you? Hello. Hi, I'm, I'm good. How are you? Stunning. I'm especially good because it's a new week, new song, new drink, and we remembered to press record, so... Yeah, yeah, oh, as this is take no two of the podcast, because we forgot to press record for the first, only about two minutes. Lightning in a bottle. No, I'm good, because we're doing an absolute massive tune tonight, and, and one that I love. Like, a lot will get said tonight about these lyrics, but I want to caveat it all with the fact that I think this is an absolute belting pop tune, and it is Spice Up Your Life by Spice Girls, of course. The lyrics are... You know, a down point, but it doesn't really matter when the song's this good, does it? That the lyrics are bad. I always wonder, like, when you think, if you think of some of like the most famous instrumental songs of all time, do you reckon maybe they actually had lyrics and then they were just really bad and they thought, now fuck it, it can't be worse. <laughs> <laughs> can't have been worse, surely. Well, you think this is ad libbed? Well, it's not ad libbed. I can tell you that as, as we'll get into the information. But Spice Girls like a proper like we've done some. You know, Sharon's huge obviously but not not to us personally i'd mm. say like he is huge, an no denying that no no but spice girls have had effects in our lives as i think yeah probably talk about before we talk about the lyrics but but the spice girls were huge when we were kids we we're of this time they were the biggest biggest girl band ever yes. i'd say i'd say they were the first pop group that i got into as well in, in terms of pure pop i was big into uh, oasis and the spice girls were my two at, at, that, at that point that yeah what year was wannabe probably I, i'd go as far to say that that wannabe is one of the first music videos i remember seeing as a young gun like obviously i had seen others like i, mean, I think wonder War was actually the first music video i ever saw i remember that i was very i was quite young because like four I, I do remember wannabe being a pretty monumental music video at the time but this this is this is an absolute tune Take that, Girls Aloud, Destiny's Child. Ooh, Destiny's Child are a good shout, but still not bigger than the Spice Girls, I don't think. Not the biggest group, though. The biggest group of all time is surely One Direction. As as in, like, boy band, girl bands. Globally, One Direction are bigger than the Spice Girls now. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, regrettably so, yeah. Yeah. I I just want to point out, in the the version we didn't record, Nick said that Westlife were the biggest global um, boy band of all time. I didn't realize we were talking global. I, I, I thought <laughs> my, my world is really, yeah. <laughs> the UK. Much like Jerry Halliwell. So you got that in common. <laughs> the parts of Lancashire I've not seen yet, Dan. Shall we discuss the drinks that we're um, doing before we delve into our some information on this song and some maybe some stories of our Spice Girls sort of origins? Not that we were part of it or anything, an audition or out, but you know. <laughs> it's yourself, mate. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've got a story for you. Let's <laughs> let's get onto the drinks. Alcohol. Well, I have actually gone for spice related, but I also because it's a girl band for maybe a bit like colorful, bit fruity, maybe like you know, like the, the girl band vibes. So I went for a New York apple cocktail, which you can have with either bourbon or whiskey. But I would, I went for the bourbon because that's my favorite drink. It's like um, apple tizer with a double shot of bourbon. Uh, oh, sorry, but the bourbon is the fire. Sorry, I should say the bourbon is the fire bourbon. So the kind of cinnamon bourbon. So because I thought, well, apple cinnamon's like a thing, isn't it? That's like a drink that you have. So I thought I'll give it a whirl. And it's quite nice. Yeah, a bit of spice to it, a bit fruity. A bit like, kind of reminds me a bit of a whiskey sour. If you've ever had a whiskey sour. I'm in. Uh, what, what have you gone for? Because uh, you've linked it for the, maybe the first time ever. You've linked your drink to the song, which so is this exciting stuff. It took seven, ep- eight, ep- eight episodes, but we got that. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll caveat this by saying I, I, I'm on antibiotics, so I, I wasn't going to drink. But I thought, but Krishnan Guru Murthy on Channel 4 News, he can't do that. Mm. He, he can't go, oh, I'm just going to avoid the news because it's depressing me. So in the, in the same fashion, I can't really not drink. If you're doing a podcast called Liquor and Lyrics, I can't just show up with you've got, you've got You've got a duty to our fans to have a drink, really. I don't live you? my life by many rules, Dan, but... <laughs> One of them is, if there's a chance to drink, I probably should. So what I've gone for, I've, I've gone for, yeah, one of, one of my favourite cocktails, actually. It's not one It's not one that I'd drink all, you know, all through a drinking session. It's more of a nightcap type of thing. I've gone for the old the old faithful, the White Russian. Oh. So it's your, it's your standard, uh, I say double vodka, but I don't use measures. I just I just throw in vodka until it feels good. Uh, double vodka, a bit of Kahlua. I've chucked in a little bit of Frangelico hazelnut liqueur, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. banged a bit of that in to get a bit hazelnutty, and then I thought, oh well, Spice Girls, Spice, they're spicing up the lives. I'm gonna have to spice up my drink, so I uh, shaved. Shaved. I mean, normally most men, when when most men shave nutmeg, they uh, do it over the toilet or over the sink. I uh, I shaved the nutmeg into into my drink, so it's got a mm. nice little aftertaste of nutmeg because so... nutmeg is a spice. I, ch- I, w- I went in the spice cupboard. I went on the, looked at the spice rack and there's tarragon. That's not that's not adequate. Tried it with yeah. cinnamon. The cinnamon just settled in the bottom. Well, it's kind of like an eggnog, isn't it? That that's very interesting because that is your second white Russian of this series. Because I believe, as I was editing it this week, you had a white Russian on the Sex on Fire episode. Yeah, if you'd have thrown the cinnamon in that. Oh, that was your classic. That was just your classic white Russian, wasn't it? Though this is, I've, I've spiced this. I be, no, I'm not saying that's right. I, I will 100% be having another espresso martini, martini on this podcast at some point. So, no shame through it. I'm just saying that's uh, worth noting. It's interesting. I went with the cinnamon to link to the Spice Girls, and you went with the nutmeg, and they're both kind of Christmassy as well. Mm. But I guess it, that's it's October now. Because in a way, this this drink is basically like you know at Christmas you might have a spiced apple. I, I do. I often do. You can get the Christmas markets or something like that. That's basically yeah. what mine is. Without the, without the element of heat. Which, which, without the element of heat and people getting in your way. And that's certainly not something that could be said for this song because it's got plenty of heat. Information, that's 
Spice Up Your Life is a song by the Spice Girls from their second studio album, Spice World, released in 1997. The song was co-written by the group with Matt Rowe and Richard Stannard at the same time as the group was shooting scenes for their 1997 film, Spice World. It is a dance pop song with influences of Latin rhythms such as salsa and samba. The song's themes reflects the group's desire to write a song for the world while the lyrics has been labeled a dance orientated with a self-promoting message released as the album's lead single in october it received an extensive worldwide promotional campaign that included a series of appearances of television programs and presentations at award shows the song received mixed reviews from critics obtaining divisive opinions for its production and lyrical content despite the lukewarm critical reception the song was a commercial success it debuted atop the UK singles chart, becoming the group's fifth consecutive number one in the United Kingdom and has since been certified double platinum by the British phonographic industry. It performs similarly on the music charts in the rest of Europe and Oceania, while in the United States, the song did not perform as well as their previous releases, peaking at number 18 on the Billboard Hot 100. In May 1997, the Spice Girls went on a promotional visit to the Cannes Film Festival in the south of France where they announced their then-up-and-coming movie Spice World, like it was going to win Cannes. Like anyone at Cannes was going to enjoy Spice World. And the Palm Door goes to Spice World. (laughs) No, can you imagine? (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) Wes Anderson sat there like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like famously can't have walkouts of films. No one would even turn up. Um, Some reviews of the song. Tilda Swinton, is that not enough for you? Andy Gill of The Independent called the song a pseudo-salsa pop pastiche, while the staff of the Miami Herald considered it a condescending dud. In a similar review, David Brown of Entertainment Weekly described it as a ha-cha-cha slice of tropical boat cruise frivolity. George Varga of the San Diego Union Tribune believed that the song does for Latin music what Hanson has done for death metal. <laughs> Conversely, New really, Day's... That is the bitchiest <laughs> review I have heard in my life, and I'm all for it. I'm a fan of that reviewer. That's fantastic. George Varga. All these, reviews, all these reviews are either really good or really bad. Not yeah, one of well, them is like, it's all right. Well, Newsday's Scott Schinder was pleased with the track, referring to it as silly but irresistible uplift, which is how I'd probably describe it. The Sun Sentimental's Sean Piccoli described it as a salsa-like hootenanny, and the staff of Smash Hits gave it a positive review, shock, calling it a maraca-shaking Latino aceness that features, a total... <laughs> that features a totally fab chorus. So, yeah, excellent journalism standards there for the, from Smash Hits. <laughs> fab. Fab chorus. What kind of go- Fab chorus. <laughs> but it was the 90s hey buckaroo so my so my one and my i was a huge spice girls fan as a kid huge spice girls fan and i'll tell this one story before we hear what you thought of them but i was obsessed and from my i think it was like my eight for but some between eight and ten it was my birthday and i i got a huge card a card that was like bigger than me at the time it was like a huge square card and it had the spice girls on the front and I opened it and it said to Dan, happy birthday, love. And it was signed by all the Spice Girls. And it was the best day of my life. And then, and for years, I told this story to people about, oh, the Spice Girls, my mum my, my got the Spice Girls signed this car. It was me. I was a huge fan and everything. And then about four years ago, I was at my mum's Sunday lunch and I brought it up in conversation. And she went, you do know I signed that, don't you? And I was like, what? And she went, you do know that I just signed it. <laughs> and I've still not got over it, mate. To be quite honest with you, <laughs> I was honestly I'm, I was outraged then, and I'm still outraged now. Like, I spent my whole life thinking that that the Spice Girls had written a card just for me. 
<laughs> it was worse than finding out Father Christmas wasn't real. Apologies if your kids are listening. Your kids shouldn't but be listening. Was it, not a, was it not a giveaway that they'd not all sign? I mean, I'm assuming. No, why would it be? I'm assuming. I'm assuming Mel C is the only one who can write because she's the only one who can yeah. fucking sing. <laughs> <laughs> so she must have to sign it for all of them. Uh, yeah, I'm still not over it. But yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I, I was a huge fan, and then, and then even more of a fan because I thought that they'd written a card for me. But alas, no. And I always fancied Baby the most because we'll probably have that question. Same. Yeah. Same. Although now, now no. Mel, Mel C. Now <laughs> I, I was I was also heavily into Spice. I, I went out I went out and bought Wannabe when it was released a few a few months before mm-hmm. the album. I was in my Oasis Pulp Blur phase at that point and then that came out so i bought the single and then because i'd enjoyed the single my mum obviously when my aunties and stuff said oh what doesn't it want for christmas mum was like well he likes that spice girls single <laughs> and then i got the album got the album for christmas delighted with it and then a year or two later my mum was asked the same question by my aunties said oh what what does nick like music wise at the moment so oh, he really likes that umbop by hansen so for <laughs> christmas for christmas i was bought hansen's follow-up single to umbop <laughs> And to and, be fair, and then it all deteriorated Christmas present wise after that. And it links because Spice Girls have done for Latin music what Hanson have done for death metal, said by George Viger of the San Diego Union Tribune. But you know what, actually, yeah. to be fair, and what I always say, Hanson's first album was actually better than Definitely Maybe, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> to throw back to a previous episode. First lyric of this song is simply just la 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 yeah no issues really some people find it lazy to do that but I don't mind I don't mind some la la I don't mind the la la's no I'm a big fan of la la's you could say you're living in la la land could do based on your activities this afternoon. What do you mean? Dust in my house, listen to the La La Land soundtrack. <laughs> what? Come at me. So the actual, I guess, proper first lyric of this is when you're feeling sad and low. This is one of the songs, again, where it's hard to say it and not like try and like, like fucking samba dance. Or something. When you're feeling sad and low, we will take you where you got to go. McDonald's, that's where I want to go when I feel sad and low, usually. That's my first protocol or any sort of fast food place after a rough day. <laughs> is that where you're going to take me, Spice Girls? Oh, Spice Girls might take me to a curry house, actually. They probably would, wouldn't they? But what what do you think? Who would be the most annoying Spice Girl to go for a curry with? Oh, Victoria Beckham, because she'd get like a coma and she'd barely eat it. She'd go, I'm watching me wait. She'd sit there nibbling on a naan bread. (laughs) Maybe not a poppadom with with no sauce. Breaking up bits of poppadom, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely Victoria Beckham. You don't want to eat a meal with Victoria Beckham. I guarantee 90% of the meals that she gets in restaurants are salad-based. Like 100%. One of them where it looks like the chef's left the back door open and there's just all over the plate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, um, does that come with a side salad? Uh, yes, okay, well, hold the lasagna or I'll just have the side salad. <laughs> <laughs> so when they're saying when you're feeling sad and low, we will take you where you got to go. This song's supposedly about dancing and bringing the world together. More on that later. But I always got a bit sex innuendo vibes to this and people be going god you two are always bringing the sex innuendo into the songs but but that's not us it's not us it's the songs it's the songs by um, this this is album number two i think i i think I, I think we've been like deeply affected by come a little bit closer baby put it on yeah but but uh, so when she says we'll take you where you want to go is that like an exciting place 
or an orgasm? What's the insinuation here? As the Spanish will say, por qué no los dos? <laughs> Why not both? Uh, <laughs> Why not both? I, yeah, I think I think it's a little bit feeling a bit when you feel sad and low, take you where you want to go. You want to go, you want to get off, you have an orgasm, good night, fun with a woman or a man. So, yeah, so it could be an orgasm, could be not. The next line is smiling, dancing, everything is free. All you need is positivity. That's a good rhyme, actually. I'm going to give them that, free and positivity. Doesn't work, but they make it work. I like it. Uh, nice message as well. But I do kind of bark at the sentiment there. Like People say that, and it's a really nice saying, like, all you need in life is positivity. It's like, I've got I've got six kids. One of them's dead. I've got, I can't afford my mortgage. My husband's left. I'm working six jobs. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. I can barely get out of bed in the morning. I've got no family to lean on. I've got no real friends. I live in a terrible area, getting robbed all the time. My life's just a complete mess. But at least you well, could stay positive. <laughs> all you need is a little positivity. Sometimes you need a little bit more than a little bit of positivity. Yeah. <laughs> the there's kind of people that say it. you need positivity are the people that already have like money or something. And they go, well, you can be positive as you want because you've got nothing else yeah. to fucking worry about. <laughs> like that Jake Humphrey guy off BT Sport mm. who does that high-performance podcast. And he's all about that. It's all about getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning and making a to-do list. It's like 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm no good to anyone. Never mind writing stuff. <laughs> No, yeah. that's because you work in a TV where most of the time you don't have to start filming until like in the mid afternoon, so you can get up early and have a, and do all that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, try if you're working in the fucking coal mine every day and tell me if you want to get up at five in the morning and make a fucking to do list. <laughs> to do list, don't only, die today. The only thing getting me up at five in the morning is a piss, to be honest. But you know, I am quite. I'm. I like the sentiment in a little bit, but let's not go extreme with it. Now, next line tying into what we heard about there. What how they wanted this song to bring the world together colors of the world spice up your life colors of the world so is this song about like equality as well bringing bringing different races together because if it is how ironic what's coming up later in the song if that is yes. the case. <laughs> i mean at, at the moment all i'm thinking of with the whole colors of the world thing I'm, I'm thinking of fruit of the loom and i'm thinking of the united colors of benetton two top 90s clothing manufacturers uh, I'm oh, just thinking of race, to be honest. Well, <laughs> no. yeah, but you, you need to move away from that sometimes. It'll give you a headache. <laughs> we can't solve uh, all the problems, Dan. Yeah, well, they go on to confirm that that's what it's about because they say, every boy and every girl spice up your life. People of the world spice up your life. <sighs> Why does it always feel like they're talking about shagging, though? Is it just me or... is spice? Because to me, spice up your life is sex. So it's like every boy and every girl spice up your life. People of the world, spice it up. I, I know they're meaning dancing, but dancing is also a bit sexy, isn't it? So, I mean, not the way I do it. Spice up, spicing. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if your other half comes to you and says and and wants to talk about spicing something up, it'll be things in the bedroom. That is yeah. what finally I get to buy that strap on you've been waiting. To. Finally, to yeah. suggest. <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally get to dig out that strap on. <laughs> dig out from where? <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> I just always feel like it's it's about sex, the underbelly of it. And and to back that up, the next bit is slam it to the left if you're having a good time. Shake it to the right if you know that you feel fine. It's an unconventional sexual method, but you never know, really. Slam I mean, it. Slam it to the left and then... I've tried more conventional right. methods and they haven't worked. You're up, you're up to try anything. Uh, obviously, they, they're talking about dancing on the face of it. Slam it to the left. Shake it to the right. But, you know, if you know that you feel fine, to me, that kind of says... 
sex if you if vinegar, you know that you're fine. Vinegar strokes. Fine. The other version of the fine, you know, the she's fine. Type of thing. That's how I see fine. it. Yes, yeah, slam it in someone, shake it in someone if you know that you feel fine. Yeah, slam it in that vagina or arsehole of any gender. Or or vagina of any ear. gender, just to cover myself there, uh, just in case. Wherever you want. And <laughs> wherever you want, someone's ear, someone's mouth, well. someone's nose, nostril if you want. I'm I'm not going to judge. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stick Rub it in the armpit, I don't know. I, I, dancing, I, I think the sexual undertones to dancing though, isn't there? Generally. Yeah, like yeah, Latin, yeah. Latin dancing and samba and stuff like that. It's all very... That's why the Strictly curse is a thing, because well, they always end up shagging. Why Strictly? You spend why 24... You spend, like, 18 hours a day with someone training, intimately dancing with them. There might be a few sparks there. It's Cheekers, a girl power message. Girl power message. Chicas to the front, not Chico's. It's not Chico time. Not yet. That's not for another 10 years. It, it'll never be Chico time again. He's dead, isn't he? Have you imagined that? Is he? No, I'm thinking of Darius. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's good that we can laugh about it. Uh, Cheekers to the front. Ha ha or or. Ha ha or or. Go round. Let me just say that again. Cheekers to the front. Ha ha or or. Go round. Let me just take you back to the information. Two writers this song had. Two writers and the group this song had. Two writers and the group. And for this... Bit of the song, they went right. Chickens to the front. In fact, you know what? Let's go. Who who are they? Let's name and shame them. Matt Rowe and Richard Stannard. We had Chickens to the front, but we came up with that nine hours ago, and just don't know what the next bit's going to be. I just can't think of of, of what. I mean, we've, we've got to have this. Simon's coming around. And, not Simon. What? Who was the guy that did? Um... Yeah, Simon Fuller. Yeah, yeah. Simon Fuller. Yeah. So Simon's going to be here at fucking six a.m. Jesus Christ! We said we'd have the said we'd have at least the first draft done. Oh my God! What what we? Simon's scary. He's very much Simon Cowell before Simon Cowell. He's he's a terrifying man. We need to please him. Oh, I can't. We we could just. I mean, they did do like wannabe, and <laughs> there's a few questionable lyrics in that, isn't there? I mean, what Sigga Zigar? No one questioned that, did they? It's, it's, it's the 90s. It's the 90s, really. I don't think people are bothered about lyrics. Oasis are going to number one with every single. Lyrics don't matter. It's the attitude. It's the political movement. It's what's going on in the world that matters. Who gives a shit? Put whatever you want down. No one will notice. Here's a glass of water. Take, take another E. What if, what if they just stumbled onto it accidentally? They're going, we can't. We've got to get it here. I can't get what to do, whatever. I don't know. I, can't, I, don't, I don't know. How are we going to get it done by 6 a.m.? Uh, and then, and then, and then he, he, he drops something on the floor. And, and Richard goes, he goes, ha, ha. Ooh, ha ha, oh oh, and then uh, they go. But what, what's the, what's going to finish this masterpiece off? And then there's a knock at the door. Guy comes in. Is this the delivery entrance? He goes, No, you have to go round. And he goes, oh, By God, Matt, <laughs> you've got it. Lots of It's six a.m. The nails bite, and they finished it. Rich Simon comes in, and he goes, uh, uh, What's this bit here? Circled it. Cheekers to the front. Ha ha, oh oh. Go round, guys. What's going on? It's been, oh, 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 oh. Simon. I just don't know what it is. Should be Chico's, shouldn't it? Huh? Should be Chico's, shouldn't it? No, no, Chico's because that's that's the female version. And it's all about girl power. Remember, Simon? Oh, brilliant lads. Then green light sign off. Go home. <laughs> it's fine. Here's the number. <laughs> Sorry, Richard, for letting you go from the label. Matt's taking your place. Well, that's fine, because I'm going to go and write songs for Atomic Kitten. I'm going to write <laughs> songs for Gabrielle. I'm going to write Keep On Moving by Five. 
I'm I'm gonna write for Kylie Minogue. I've got bigger things than you to do. Whereas Matt Rowe was confined to not even having a Wikipedia page, <laughs> as I can see. So, Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll never know. Yeah, but I just that is poor. That isn't it. Even by the standards, that they, there's no cheek is the front. Like some of the you go right, okay, they're trying to do that with it, but that, they just didn't know what to put. They go ha ha, go round, reach around. I I see it as oh, we get filthy now. It's like it's after ten o'clock now. It's past the watershed. <laughs> I, I see the go round as uh, I, I, I'm seeing it as a girls on a very much a girls on top message sexually. So they'll do a bit. They'll kind of circle on it a bit. I did the mime then, and that was disgusting. I'm, I'm glad you did looked you? away as I, as I did the mime. That was vile. I went for my drink. Thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> so that so then we have this again, but they change it a bit. Slam it to the left if you're having a good time. Shake it to the right if you know that you feel fine. So slightly slightly different there, but then take us to the front again. This time. Ha ha again. So I just did that again. Uh, hi, see ya, hold tight. Yes, now, yes, yes, hold tight. Yeah, yes, 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 in Japanese, Spanish, and German. Why did you think they went for those particular countries? Because this song is about Latin America. So they've gone Spanish, obviously. But why then? Because because none of the dances are talking about other dances they reference or might be alluding to are Japanese or German, are they? No, all, all the famous dances come from Latin America. It's a Spanish. It's the only, is the one, only that one that fits. But I suppose it's one that hi, see, yeah, it's one that fit the beat. I guess they went. There's no Google then as well, so they must have had to have pulled out like a, a translating like dictionary or something and gone right. Yeah. Find me three well, ways that fit here. Things you used to be able to get the little keypad. That was the thing one. The first problem. They phoned that in, but then it's five a.m. Simon's going to be there in an hour. And he's going get the translation dictionary out. We got. Well, why can't we just say yes, yes, yes? Hold tight, because that will show us how lazy we are. If we put it in another language, everyone will think it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> if only we could just put ha again. Well, you're in luck because <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese word for yes is ha, and then uh, yeah, and then well, Spanish is the obvious one. What's Spanish? And that's see, hi, ha, see. It's got to be someone that works. Hassi, Hassi. Zbrecken Sie Deutsch. I'm scary. Sing this for me. Holds it up against the glass wall of the recording booth. She goes, I see ya. Hold tight. And you go, that's it. Brilliant. Brilliant. MDMA was a wonderful drug in the 90s. But but again, quite lazy, isn't it, that really? Again on that. Cheek is the front. Ha ha. I see ya. Hold tight. I see ya tight is a good part of the song when you listen to it, but written down, it, it doesn't like lazy lyric writing. Until a few hours ago, I thought it was I'll see ya, hold tight. So my mind has been... Oh, really? Well, I always knew it was high see ya. I just hadn't bothered to think what it meant. Although, what does yes, yes, yes mean? Again, sex, because cheek is to the front. Haha, yes, 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 hold tight. When you're holding someone tight and you're going yes, 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 what are you doing? Bigger strokes. I was thinking that she was screaming yes, 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 actually, but you made it about the male, so... No, well, well, she's screaming because of the vinegar strokes. It does happen sometimes. Why would she be screaming yes, yes, yes while you're about to come? Because she's done, and that's the signal. That's a signal that's pushed the gentleman over the edge. Okay, okay. So on the whole colours thing, to trying to bring the world together, trying to have the bring the world together, show equality, bring everyone together, dancing. Yellow man. In Timbuktu, colour for both me and you. I mean, here's my problem with it. Apart from the obvious racism that implies, because I assume in the in the racism, I'm assuming they're using the racist assumption that everyone in Asia is yellow, which is mental anyway. But you'd think you'd at least 
be accurate with the racism because Timbuktu is in Africa. So you didn't even research and make your general racism accurate. So you were even more racist because you, you're saying yellow, which is a very racist term for people in Asia. And then you're also saying that Timbuktu is in Asia, which it's not. So this whole song being lazy, it's even lazy racism. <laughs> as, uh, as the writers of this song would probably call it, lazy racism. <laughs> it's it's just so, I mean, it's terrible anyway. And, and, and they wouldn't have even thought it was racist at the time to say yellow. Mine and Timbuktu, nope. but but it, but it was um, Nick. It was changed for the modern version to "Happy People" in Timbuktu. A source close to the band said, "The reality is, it's not acceptable to say that now. It wasn't then. <laughs> it, it really wasn't. <laughs> I, like I'll let some stuff go with like yeah, when people try and tear apart like sitcoms and stuff like that for stuff. But but that's just blatant racism. Everyone knew then, unless you're talking about The Simpsons." <laughs> but I doubt it. Even then, they're trying to say that it was like one of those things where of the time. But I don't think in 1996, I think no. everyone was fully aware that yellow was a racist term for Asia. People started getting more cosmopolitan by then. You know, pe- people definitely. Were, you know. Uh, well, more more on the change. Some of the some of the girls feel uncomfortable getting up on stage and performing that lyric, especially when they have such a diverse and multicultural fan base. Only some. Let's play a game of guess the racist or not racist. (laughs) So which, so let's say some, let's say some is two of four. Some sounds like half to me. So five. Oh, sorry, it's five in there. Sorry. So, do you think this two? Is pre, or... This is pre-Jerry leaving. That's not well. Three, three, three is three of five. Then I reckon. Which two do you think? Sort of. They went. Girls, should we change this? And three, uh, three of them went. Yeah, we'll change it. Two of them went. Not really asked to be honest. I'll get up in there and still say it. Right. I tell you which two I I've think. Got one of. I will quite have to go out and say, Victoria is coming from not from a place of racism, but a place of abject thickness. <laughs> so there's one. I reckon as well she would have been sat there and she would have just not, not not that she she just didn't give it any thought and she was like, yeah, I'm not going to object to it. I reckon three of them were vicious, were like adamantly like, we're not doing it. And Victoria was like, I'm easy. Just want to get paid. Paid and want to get laid. And the other one, I reckon Emma Bunton's pretty pretty switched on with stuff like that. I reckon she's a, yeah. a woman of the world. Well, she's she's engaged in a long-term relationship with a gentleman of colour, so... No one's brought that up when they're saying it. They just don't want to say the yellow part, but nobody's pointed out that the actual place, Timbuktu, isn't in Asia. <laughs> Once <laughs> so, so, I'm done. But if we're going with the assumption that Jerry Halliwell is a sort of Union Jack, don't want to don't want to assume, but uh, is I don't think it's Mel C. I don't think it's Mel C. So She's from Liverpool, it. progressive city, socialist principles, switched on, switched on city. It's definitely not Mel C. Brian Adams. Um, uh, I reckon <laughs> it's just listing people she knows. <laughs> I reckon scary. It's scary or Jerry. And if you ask me to put a finger on which one, I'd say Jerry. If I it, actually, if you just asked me and I had like five seconds, if you just said first thing that comes to your head, which two of the Spice Girls are racist, I'd go uh, Victoria and Jerry. I should just say that this is our opinion uh, of which ones are racist. We're not saying they are racist. Maybe all of them objected to it. But um, we're saying which one would be maybe in a parallel universe. In, a, in our assumption that well, their quote was some of the girls feel uncomfortable, which means that some of them didn't yeah, feel uncomfortable. They, so, they've opened this up for us. And I, and I reckon only someone that was racist could not feel uncomfortable singing a lyric "Yellow Man in Timbuktu." <laughs> but so yeah, I, when if was you, it if changed you, then? If you 
uh, it was for that last tour they did, you know, when they came back. Right, so it's not been re-recorded. It's just been when singing. Oh live. yeah, it's just for the tour. Sorry, yeah, for the tour. Yeah, right, because I yeah, thought yeah. they'd re-recorded it, it like fifteen years. Well, have to get them all in. Well, they don't have to get them all in the studio, do they? Just get Mel C in. That's, that's, that's the only person you need to get in. Uh, they also said they pride themselves on standing for inclusivity, so they don't want to run the risk of offending anybody. They don't want anything to overshadow their reunion for the wrong reasons. And there's the real reason that they give a shit. <laughs> because if, if all of a sudden their big reunion tour was was marred by people on social media and newspapers and stuff saying how racist the song is, then they'd make less money. So there's yeah. the real reason. Worried about it being marred by one of the founding, founding members not being involved. I mean, she, they're, she not, can't they're not fucking like so, it's not like the original Beatles lineup, or something, is it? Let's be honest, who cares? The original Beatles lineup still haven't got back together, though. That's uh, lazy. I think they don't need the money. Lazy Kung Fu Fighting, Dancing Queen, Tribal Spaceman, and all that's in between. So, everything then, all that's in between those three very specific things, all the ev- things. everything then, all the things are they references to songs then? Right, this is what's Tribal Spaceman if they are, because Kung Fu Fighting is referenced to a, a song lyric. Dancing Queen so, as well. Kung Fu Fighting and Dancing Queen Spaceman? are both, both song lyrics. I, I'll, I'll get on to Tribal Spaceman after I've covered the absolute bin fire that is Kung Fu Fighting Dancing Queen. This is a pet hate of mine. There's a song by Oasis, I think we've we've talked about it on other podcasts. There's a song by Oasis, off the, third, the lead single off the third album, Do You Know What I Mean? And there's a bit where Liam sings... Blood on the tracks and they must be mine. Fool on the hill and I feel fine. Well, blood on the tracks is Dylan and fool on the hill and I feel fine are both Beatles songs. And it makes my shit itch that there's just a whole lyric where he's just listing songs he likes. And they've done they've done it here as well a year before Oasis did it. I'm really <laughs> upset by it. And, and in terms of tribal spaceman, that's an oxymoron to me because surely if you're going into space, I'm a space woman. If you're going into space, then you're all about breaking down barriers. Yeah, but like... a, a spaceman would be an alien, so they could be tribal from where they've come from. Spaceman isn't necessarily an astronaut. A spaceman, spaceman is usually not an astronaut. A space, that's the term we use, but a spaceman would also be an alien, wouldn't it? A spaceman. I mean, we get if we're getting into UFOs and aliens, which is most likely to think they've seen a UFO. Scary. Which one's most likely to be? Yes, thank you. Yeah, because all you have to do really, there's two questions there. Okay, there's the question: which one do you think is most likely to have seen a UFO, and then which one do you think has done more drugs? And the answer is both the same to those questions. Yeah. <laughs> one leads to the other, and they're both scary spices. Yeah, so it's like kind of kung fu fighting is the, is a type of dancing, in a way. Dancing queen is a reference to dancing. Spaceman that's dancing in his tribe from another planet. I don't know. I feel like this again, this was like, I mean, was this when the drugs kicked in in the writing room with Matt and <laughs> Richard? And they were like, take a couple of these and you'll be all right. And then they're going like, could be fine, dancing queen. And then there's one point where he was just stood in his underpants in the room, like dancing slowly, doing a tribal dance. And then he put a fish, yeah, poured a fishbowl out onto the onto the floor. The gold, goldfish died, put it on his head. And he was going, I'm a tribal spaceman. And Richard was cackling away with a fag in his hand going, <laughs> <laughs> a tribal spaceman and he goes tribal hang on tribal spaceman we're on to a winner again um <laughs> next line flamenco lambada lambada sorry flamenco lambada but hip-hop is harder we moonwalk the foxtrot reference to the spaceman again then poker the salsa just dances really aren't they that just listing dances we've got some naming songs let me ask you this dances. if you if you put me on a dance floor and you put on some flamenco music and said, Dan, here's a woman, do a flamenco dance. It'll be shit. If you said to me, 
put on some uh, other sort of music and said, put the Lombarda and said, Dan, here's a woman, do Lombarda. It would be shit. If you ask me to moonwalk the Foxtrot, I'll be honest, moonwalking, I can't do anyway, but doing it, and I can't do a Foxtrot. So doing it at the same time sounds pretty fucking difficult. And to poker dance and also do a salsa, I'd be lost. But if you put on a bit of hip hop music and said, Dan, do some hip hop dancing, I could probably do a few fucking You'd twerks like the and a few. Ever, but, yeah. yeah, but I could do it. So I don't think hip hop is harder than a flamenco or a lombarda, to be quite honest with you. It's easier, if anything, as you prove it. I mean, I'll be honest, I've, as, as you were going through that, I, when you said Lambada, I got it mixed up with the limbo. So when you said you wouldn't be able to Lambada, I was like, it's just a fucking limbo, mate. You're shorter than me. You should be able to do it. But Lambada is a different thing. So yeah, it's not about who's shorter doing the fucking. Are you joking? I don't think either of us would be able to do a limbo successfully. But, um, no, but you'd but... be better because you're closer to the ground. Yeah, but it's the bend, isn't it? It's, it's who's got the best posture as well. Um, you know how hard oh, it is. It's not just about no. I could do it, but it wouldn't no because you, you can't just do it by going like that and doing it under slightly. Well, yeah, still me, but but like to do it to do it properly, you have to go full like vertical. But, yeah, but well, to be honest with you, you shouldn't feel ashamed about that because when I first read it, I had to question myself whether Lombarda was a curry. So <laughs> I wouldn't feel too That's bad. Posh about spice it. ruled out again. <laughs> but then and then last lyrics here: shake it, shake it, shake it, hacker, shake it, shake it, shake it, hacker, arriba, aha. The hacker is a uh, culture of dances from Maori, and Ariba is Spanish for above. So essentially, they're saying shake it, shake it, shake it, a dance from Maori. Shake it, shake it, shake it, a dance from Maori, and then for above, aha. Again, I feel That's like this is that thing where they were like, I can't, we can't really write any sensical lyrics that, that are good here. So, But if we just put it in a foreign language again, no one will fucking know. Lump a load of stuff in. People think yeah, it's exotic. Also, we just throw stuff in Spanish. All the fucking Westerners that like the shit, they'll just fucking lap it up. Mm. Yeah, I'll tell you what makes it weirder, though. At, the, at this point, mid-90s, the hacker was synonymous with the New Zealand rugby team, the All Blacks, who would, before uh, the yes, game, the hacker, they would yeah, face yeah. their opponents and do this intimidating dance. I, I remember doing it, like, messing about on the playground when I was, like, eight or nine. It was, like, it was pretty well round. Yeah. Yeah, when you're playing football on the playground, we'd piss about before the game and do the hacker, like, you know. Uh, I didn't, I was probably Because I was a child and I didn't know any better. I was probably in the library. On my own. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely football. Get Learning hurt. how to do the polka and the salsa. <laughs> might get hurt. The ball, ball might hit me when it's raining. <laughs> if you've enjoyed the show, then please like, rate, review and follow to help push us up the charts. Get in touch with us at any of the links in the episode description or email liquorandlyrics at gmail.com. So yeah, that, that's the song, Lick. That's it. That's it done. I, I can't... I, I think it's a magnificent song. I really do. It's a magnificent song. Right. The lyrics are shit, and they've the like, bad thing about the like lyrics is the best pop songs. The the the, 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 the worst the well at worst they're racist, and uh, the best thing I can say about them is that they were probably just being lazy. Yes. So the lyric, but but the song is saved by the song, and I think they knew that, so they just phoned in the lyrics. Like, it doesn't matter because as long as we got the girls singing and dancing, then. But I don't. It's all the spiel about we were trying to bring um, inclusivity together for the world, and that you weren't. Let's not be honest. If you had, you wouldn't have put a racist slur in there. So, <laughs> do you think if they had access to Wikipedia back then, do you think the song yeah. would have been very different? I mean. <laughs> The writer, the writer's obviously having a comment. He's like, "Oh, coming out to the studio." Um, he's like, "Oh, he's using the car phone. He's using the car phone in the black car." He's like, "Oh, I'm on the way. I'll be there in five minutes." Like, did you bring your Encyclopedia Britannica? It's like, no, of course I didn't. There's 42 <laughs> books. 
are we going to bring all them with me? So oh, we, we might need them because we what we want to do we want to kind of like avoid any racism. It's like you'll be fine. You'll be fine. We, we won't be I don't think you needed. I tell you what. Message. Even then, you didn't need the fucking book of Britannicas to tell you that fucking the people from Asia aren't yellow. <laughs> just to find out where Tim Book Two was. Well, oh, I just need a world map for that, or just an atlas. No, no, just just a, not an atlas, just a globe, a spinny globe. There's always one of them knocking about. Spinny globe. in the nineties, they were everywhere. They were. I love a globe. <laughs> it's just spinny globe. Could have just gone west, Tim. But I reckon it was again the, the right. He's going. The writing's too small. It must be in Asia. It sounds like it's in Asia, doesn't it? It's good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine an Asian person saying it. I'm sure. Someone, I'm sure someone told me it was in Africa. No, Africa's got names like Ghana and and stuff like that it won't be there Timbuktu sounds Asian it'll be fine don't worry about it well you think someone in 20 years think someone in 20 years going to fucking pull us off and have America stranger I don't think so nearly ruin a world tour <laughs> take some more drugs while I like another fag doesn't matter Matthew I've been in this game a lot a lot longer than you son if anything I can tell you it's nobody cares about the fucking lyrics if I've said it once to Bob Dylan I've said it a thousand times write some more fucking tunes no one cares about the lyrics why are these writers like having conversations with Bob Dylan what else has happened just at Hollywood parties that he gets invited to he's not working with him (laughs) and Bob's going I've seen some of your work Richard and I find that the lyrics are a bit weak and he's going yeah no one gives a fuck (laughs) (laughs) have you ever have you written a song that was number one in eight countries i don't think that you have so get your acoustic guitar get your little lyrics and fuck off sadly when richard passed away only six people attended his funeral so well once the allegations came out about him (laughs) that has been that has been an in-depth critical appraisal of the spice girls smash hit Spice up. <laughs> more of the same. We'll be back next week. More of the same. When this song of choice will be what done? I think it's time we spun the wheel of mayhem. This next week's song is Rockstar by Post Malone. And a fun story of why we're doing that song next week revealed. And I can honestly, and the reason, and that'll be a fun story because I've actually still not ever heard this song. So in this week, I will hear it. And then, but having read the lyrics, I know we're in for a treat. (laughs) Put it that way. I've had a listen. I'll be honest, mate. I prefer Pre Malone. Did you know I've just looked it up and the guy that wrote Post Malone. I prefer Bugsy Malone, the guy that wrote Post Malone, <laughs> wrote that song for Post Malone, actually attended a shop working lyric writing class run by the late Richard Scannard or whatever. Scannard. <laughs> and he said, he said, it, he said it was a bit, he said, it, you know, someone said to him, was it good? And he said, it was all right. He kept, he kept lecturing after the women in the course. They left after the first night. And then he's getting all like, he'd hand in some lyrics that he'd actually to write in the week and you'd get it back marked, but it'd have all sort of curry stains on it and fag burns in it and stuff. And it, <laughs> no one really knew. He, I'm sure he used to have whiskey in his mug. It was all very torrid, apparently. So, so that that's this is how this guy learned lyrics. So, you know. That has been Liquor and Lyrics. We'll be back with more of the same next week. I've been Nick and will continue to do so. Dan, I'd imagine you'll carry on just being Dan for another week. I could be Richard writing some more lyrics, though. He's got more sinister, hasn't he? What's going on? Should we say goodbye to the nice listeners? Yes. Goodbye. Bye. See you next week. (laughs)